I'm Gus Pelogia. This is SEO in 2023. Gus, what is your number one SEO tip for 2023? My number one tip for SEO in 2023 is to actually spend more time getting buy-in from stakeholders when you are executing your projects. Okay, so why is this so important? I think this is really important because in SEO, there are so many directions you can take and they're not as clear as they would be with some other channels, right? So if you're doing a commercial for TV, you know, everyone understands what it is. They, they've seen a commercial, they get the idea and they can picture what's going to happen. If you are working on PPC, it's also, you know, relatively easier to say we're going to spend this and we expect to make this amount of money or bring this amount of bookings. So people don't really need to do to know the, the nitty gritty to understand what's going to happen in a project. But with SEO, a lot of things are, you know, the algorithm thinks this or people are doing that. So it's not as clear uh, the outcome you're going to get. It's much harder to do projections and estimate things. So if you don't get buy-in from people before you start working on those projects, it gets a lot harder to actually get them going from start to end the way you hope them to be. Okay, so if an SEO has moved in from perhaps working for a smaller business or from an agency into an enterprise environment, they've got to start building relationships. They've got to start talking about the value of what they're doing and how it relates to other people. So, so what are some of the important job titles that SEOs need to start reaching out to and building those relationships with? Yeah, well, I can talk about my experience at Indeed. So the people around me uh, that I need to get, you know, a buy-in or a green light before I start doing bigger projects. We have uh, someone that looks after content in the US and someone that looks after content internationally. Uh, we have a team lead in the engineering side. We have a product manager. We have someone else that manages the CMS. So. I'm essentially or looking for, or at least in my case, I'm looking for engineers, department heads, directors, and product managers. And I tend to, you know, get as close as I can with the work they're doing and how the language they use and how we can actually work together. Brilliant. Okay. Well, I reckon you mentioned five key areas there as well. So it might be worthwhile just going over those areas again and talking about the kind of conversations that you have with them in order to make it more likely that they're going to really work more closely with you, appreciate what you do, and um, I guess make your life easier in the future as well. So maybe starting off with content, well, what kind of conversations do you have with people working in content? Yeah, so I try to understand what is the process they, they use right now. You know, as, as you start talking with them, uh, or at least in my case, I discovered that we had content writers on the team. We also have career coaches that are doing writing. So they're uh, you know, quite specialized on what they're doing. So the quality of content they will give uh, back, it's gonna be you know, in a much higher level as well. And we have some vendors that are part of this process too. So as you start talking with people, you discover you know, who is involved who's doing what, you know, in one of these conversations, for instance, I realized that someone that I was talking to on some content we wanted to create, she's also managing our YouTube channel. So she does a lot of video content and written content. Uh, this person is not looking to uh, keywords and rankings, but they're looking, am I helping job seekers? So 
you you kind of discover a lot more about the the people that are involved as you start talking with them. So out of interest, how does she actually measure that? Is, is it about the lo- looking at the audiences and the analytics on YouTube to see who's watching the videos? Yeah, certainly. Like she's going to look into analytics. And of course, they're looking to who are the people that are coming to the website. But I can, you know, come with a list of keywords or, or a cluster and say we need to cover those areas. And that person's not going to say, well, we have a here... H1, H2, we actually put the skewers in here. She's holistically is going to answer that question. So there will be a lot of moments that there will be no keywords in mind. Uh, that person is writing with fully with the intent of helping someone who is looking for a job or someone who wants to get better at their job. And we can come back and, and do some some SEO behind it and see if there are some other areas that, that weren't covered as part of this content. But a lot of this is not written with SEO in mind. And honestly, I think it's a very good direction to go these days as Google's a lot smarter to understand, you know, content, context, uh, what is being answered and, and so on. So it's very interesting to have these conversations with different people and you kind of stumble upon uh, different types of solutions that are sometimes already happening. You just didn't know about it. Great. Okay. And one of the key takeaways from there, I think, is understand their objectives, understand what they're trying to achieve, and then have an open conversation about how you can help them achieve what they want to do, as opposed to just speaking about technical SEO and making them feel bad about the fact that they haven't incorporated cool keywords into their content. Just really understand what they're trying to do. And they're obviously doing a great job creating content that, that resonates with people. So it's about tweaking rather than completely changing what they're trying to do. Oh, absolutely. I think sometimes it's also like learning what is their thought process. So I usually tend to get to know people even before I have a specific project in mind with them, right? So I was working on, on something I'll give you a, a clear example where SEO was not, you know, the, the starting point of something, but uh, I managed to, to turn into part of it. A different team, the UX team, uh, was working on uh, creating some more classifications of content. So we want to, um, let's say, release new types of pages that will um, help users, that will classify if we have content that are only about a specific profession. And SEO had a similar project before I joined that we wanted to do something along those, those same lines. But some of the, the thoughts we had were a bit manual and a different team came up with a way to automate a lot of this process. So they were not looking to which professions have more, which professions have a higher search volume on, on Google or which professions will bring more people, but holistically, can we, do we have enough content that are related to all of these professions? Are people, are job seekers at indeed looking for these types of professions? Do we have these jobs on, on the platform? And, you know, I would love to lead that project, but once I got to see what was on the table, it was clearly that SEO wasn't really the, you know, the right owner of this, the thought process that was already put behind by a different team was way more advanced than what I would have thought. So I just joined forces. And I think this is a, a very important part of getting this buy-in uh, on, on a lot of projects. Sometimes you can be the lead on something. Sometimes you can just join something that is already in motion. 
because perhaps someone else owns this or knows this a lot better. Something simple, maybe you want to release, uh, you know, how long it takes to, you know, estimated time to read, five minutes, or you want to release a table of contents or something that is like, oh, you know, there's some SEO reason behind it, but SEO might not be the best place to actually start with this. We can get the benefit from it, we can give an input, but there are other people and other teams that will know this a lot better. So it's about knowing, not, not having the ego that you should own something or that, you know, SEO is no best, but actually partnering with people that are already owning that project. People that perhaps are the ones that you would have to get the buy-in from, but they already did that hard work uh, for you or they already did for different reasons and you're just joining forces on something that is already in motion. And I guess the same principle would apply to having conversations with heads of product, because um, ideally you would start to understand what's coming down the line in terms of new product and maybe consult to them and assist them with uh, a bit of phraseology or, or, or targeting. Is, is that right? Yeah, that is absolutely right. I, I think it's very like you, you have to be smart to, to join forces in, in all of these projects. Some of them will be relevant to you, some might not be as relevant. So you need to also measure, you know, what is the impact that is going to have for, for your team and your product. So yes, I, you know, I join forces in every opportunity that I have. Another example was um, we were doing some work on paid speed and there's an engineer that it's not part of my team. Um, I don't talk with him very often. I just saw that there was a ticket with his name and he was leading this project. So I dropped him a message and he was available for a chat maybe half an hour later. Mm -hmm. And on that half an hour that we were on the call, I think we built a very strong relationship because I had a lot of thoughts for things that were already in motion and I could just support the project. So there were some hints that maybe certain pages weren't performing well because reasons A, B and C. And I could come back to him and say, hey, I believe that you're right. I can get the arguments for you to prove that this is the right way to go. Or or maybe not, you know, I, I do, I might do the analysis and realize that it's not. But, you know, there was already a project. It was already discussed on a different meeting with different people. And I was just, you know, putting a little, giving a little SEO touch. And I can, you know, claim all, all the benefit. I'll, I'll give credit back to you this engineer, of course, in the scene, but I can say, look at all the results we're getting in SEO because of this project. Now, obviously in a COVID or post-COVID world, there are more people working remotely. In that scenario, is it more difficult to build relationships with people on a virtual basis? I thought it would be very hard, but it, it it's actually completely the opposite. Like I remember before pre-COVID, you started an office, you just meet, I don't know, 20 people in a day. You don't remember their names. You don't really know exactly what they do. And, you know, it's so funny. It happened to me once that um, I got a job at an agency and the person that interviewed me and offered me the job was my boss. So perfect, you know, this person is my boss. And after maybe a couple of days, someone else would come and talk to me like if he was my boss. I was like... Okay, you know, very friendly and, but, uh, you know, planning, so we should do this, we should do that. And he turns out he never introduced himself to say, oh, I also managed this team together. 
with the person who interviewed you. So over time, I realized and doing some digging on, on documents, I realized, oh, those two people lead the team. They have the same uh, power over the team. But on the digital COVID world, uh, or, or after this on the remote world, you don't have that because people will have to introduce to you one-on-one. So having those one-on-one conversations with everybody was really, really helpful. You know, you get some time to just to meet the person. Uh, you have to work on that connection. So it, for me, was much easier to build that over time. And also because a lot of people are remote. Uh, so you don't have too much of that, the friction, right? You have, uh, I, I never had to deal with there's a bubble here and then I'm outside the bubble. Uh, you know, everybody's kind of outside. So for me, it was much, much easier to build these connections, uh, book calls with different people, uh, just introduce, you know, myself, understand what they're working on. And, you know, often I don't really have a, a project to work on together, but I can picture that I might have in the future. So if this person already knows who I am and I start suggesting things that I could do for them, you know, that makes this this whole uh, initial uh, connection, this uh, networking uh, much, much easier. Now, I'm sure you've encountered a situation where someone has either not believed in the value of SEO or just not had enough time to talk to you because they didn't really, I guess, value what you're likely to input into the situation. So how do you go about persuading someone to partner with you when they're not that keen to begin with? Yeah, I actually had a a situation not not long ago uh, talking with one engineer and I wanted to do something that I thought was very simple. And for him was like, oh, this is this is very complicated. We need to rebuild a lot of things. And it just it was just like a kind of almost a plain no. So I already had discussed this with different people before different stakeholders and they were on board. So I instead of just having the conversation next time I came in with with a spreadsheet and I wanted to show this is what's happening. If we don't do this, this is a problem that you're having and a conversation that I thought would be, again, a very difficult one turned out to like, oh, okay, I get it now. I I think I have a a direction for it. And turns out it was it was an easy solution. So we we managed to put that in production in, in around two weeks, but I needed to come ready for that next conversation. So instead of just saying, well, I talked with uh, A, B, and C, and they're all on board, so you have to find a solution. I came in with a spreadsheet and it was showing those are the things that are not working. If we keep the way it is, this is what's happening right now. Uh, this is the amount of money we are losing. And then the conversation was very different. So sometimes it's about maybe changing the argument or preparing a little bit better for that conversation. So in that case, we have recurrent meetings instead of coming, coming in with a uh, a list of things I decided let's just discuss this one today this one is very important I rather get this one done instead of talking about 10 things and maybe not getting the really important ones done so you've cer- certainly ser- shared what um, enterprise SEOs should be focusing on in 2023 but now let's talk about what SEOs shouldn't be doing so what's something that's seductive in terms of time but ultimately counterproductive something that SEOs shouldn't be doing in 2023 I think we shouldn't believe too much on AI content. And this is not just because of the, you know, Google helpful content update, which everybody got really scared about and conversations they had with SEOs, they kind of made it sound that it was going to be really, really big. And turns out up until now, it wasn't really. So 
I don't think this is that much of the future. You might use for some bits and pieces on, on your content, uh, but I wouldn't really trust to just run websites on, on AI. I don't think you're gonna get really good results. And regardless of Google being able to identify all of that, I think there are a lot of chances of things going wrong than, you know, instead of things going right. Gus Pelogia is SEO product manager at Indeed, and you can find him over at Pelogia on Twitter. Gus, thanks so much for being on SEO in 2023. Thank you very much, David, and uh, see, see you guys soon. I hope this was useful. Get your copy of SEO in 2023, the book, over at seoin2023.com. <laughs>